Hey guys, my name is Haley Grove, and I'm a big believer that dance can be the thing you love most in life, but it can't be your life. Not if you want to have a sustainable career. I want to explore and highlight some of the things that dancers do outside of the studio. What fuels your creativity? What keeps you grounded? What are your other passions outside of dance that make you, you? So that's what I'm here to talk about. Dancers doing the stuff they love. Let's dive in. If anyone out there is looking to start a podcast but doesn't know where to begin, I have a great tip for you. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's actually what I'm using right now. Anchor is free to use and there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. They distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a ton of other places. Another cool thing is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Everything you need to make a podcast is right in one place. Seriously, it's so easy. My first ever episode I recorded sitting in my closet, talking to my phone in the dark. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hi everyone, welcome back to Dancers Doing Stuff. Um, today you're going to hear from Becca Robinson, who is not only an incredible dancer, but a hilarious person, a kind-hearted, giving, body-positive, life-positive human. Uh, I could just say a million amazing things about her. Um, she is a wonderful friend and a wonderful person, um, and we talked about a ton of different stuff things. And um, the only thing is the audio for this interview is a little weird. Um, I'm obviously still new to this and I'm learning, uh, you know, all the tech stuff. So I think I know how to avoid what happened in this interview um, in the future. And I did my best to edit out the kind of weird sounds and echoes, but um, just keep that in mind. It still is a really great episode with a lot of awesome information. So hopefully you can look past the, uh, the little screechy echoey, (laughs) uh, stuff. Yeah. So, um, without further ado, uh, let's get into the episode. (laughs) Awesome. Welcome to dancers doing stuff. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I, that video also makes me smile. Like, this is selfishly. Yeah. Like, <laughs> such a good song. Plus, <laughs> so your energy in that video just makes me so happy. Like, you're just, oh. I feel like everything you do is it's like, it's from deep inside your heart. So, I love that. No, it's so I love it. I love giving compliments and I hate taking them. So (laughs) I (laughs) we're gonna start off right with our craft. Oh, I showed what it was. No (laughs) for those of you who don't know, Becca has a 
hilarious Instagram, and she has really committed to this one, um, I don't know how to explain it, you've, you've really committed to this one, not a gag, but it's like a, it's like a segment. Uh, it's a segment a segment I, I like to call it my brand but it is definitely not but i i backstory i used to do it on snapchat uh, i used to do it on snapchat when i was in college for like a day and becca was like snapchat famous like before you even knew that that could be a thing she was like a snapchat yeah. I was like, what does this mean? Uh, why, why are people watching this? Because, like, I'm just posting about Mimi Buffet. Which, you know, I think I got the inspiration from, there was this vine that was, like, sitting on a toilet. And sitting on a toilet. And I was like, that's so funny. Because, like, yes. And, um, nobody talks about pooping. And everybody does it. And I pooped so much before I found out that I was gluten intolerant. Um, and so I, I spent most of my life for like five years sitting in the toilet just pooping and I was so bored. I was like, I might as well just document my experience because uh, I'm here for genuinely an hour. Um, so that's how I kind of started. So big shout out to my doctor for like screwing up my stomach. Wait, can I curse also? Night? Yes. Okay. Great. Yeah, yeah no, I was. I almost said that word, and I was just like, wait a second. Market as explicit, so right. So, so sorry. I get passionate. passionate, and when I get passionate, passionate I, I yell. yell. <laughs> so during this, I mean, obviously, you always have like your funny stories on on Instagram, and during the pandemic, you really like committed. I know you did like that project you're telling me about the um the program. Yes. yes. So, wait, um, explain this. Like, before we get into anything, I need you to, like, okay. it leads into why we're doing the craft. Okay. okay, so I, so, okay, so, starting first, I did a program called ABBD, which is the Artful Balance of Business and Dance, and that was um, curated by Sora Yang, and we had a bunch of projects, and... In the future, like, yes, I'm a dancer now, but I, like, to me, that's just, like, the starting point of, like, what I want to do. Um, over, before quarantine, I, like, got the opportunity to be an assistant choreographer on a job, and I was, like, and got to infuse, like, some comedy in it, so I realized that, like, that's what I want to do for my future. I've always wanted to direct, but... I want to infuse, specifically infuse comedy to my work in any type of way. And I want, like, I, I also would dream in mind, I want to be a cast member on SNL. But I don't do anything comedy related. Like, I haven't taken any stand-up classes, which I will get into eventually. But I want to, like, be the person that choreographs the, like, funny music videos that's on Saturday Night Live. I want to get Kinkle's job, basically. And, um, so... But so for my final project, I wanted to infuse the business side of what I learned and also the creative side. And I was like, well, might as well stay on brand. I really love Sharpen. And um, I haven't done a commercial for one of, for something that I use daily. 
and um, I choreographed the dance first and didn't have any intentions of doing the Charmin commercial, I guess, as my final project. And the song's called Best of My Love, and I was like, you know, I really like toilet paper, and I really love it, so what if I just did that? And then I did it, and I sent it to Charmin just because I was like, hey, this is kind of good, hire me, um, and they liked me, and it was cool, because I never, I don't really never, but, like, I haven't had a brand that I, like, admire so deeply and like give a care about me so i was really excited and they sent me free toilet paper so i was good for a week which is nice we go through so much toilet paper it's funny (laughs) so that i love that story it's like it was so exciting as like an outsider to just see you like get that package from Charmin, and like it's just also so hilarious because it is like everyone does it and like you you bring it up and it's just so funny so I I decided that we had to do something toilet paper related for our craft so I made you save some of your toilet paper and what we're gonna attempt to do is I I delivered a this wooden um, little dish that I got (laughs) at Michael's and what we're going to attempt to do is to turn these toilet paper rolls into some sort of cute, like, makeup brush stand or a, you know... That's so cute. I wish I had the long one. I know. I saved a paper towel roll. I don't know, honestly, if it's going to turn out well, but we'll see. Let's see. Grew up in San Diego, was a part of Nisha's Dance Academy. Um... My high school dance team, I think, is where I really thrived. Uh, East Lake Dance Company, which was my high school dance team. But we weren't, like, I say, I don't want to say, like, we weren't, like, other dance teams. It was our choreographers that went went to our school, but also were working as successful dancers and choreographers in L.A. So we kind of got a really good feel with that. Um, and we got, like, L.A. training while being in high school. And... Everyone was in the same boat. We all wanted the same things. We wanted to be professional human beings first and then be a dancer. We knew, like, what the what the steps were to do that, and we were taught, um, taught that. Was your school a performing arts kind of base school, or was it just, like, a regular school that happened to have a really awesome dance? Yeah. So we had, we were really good, we were really good at everything. Um, I feel like it was a predominantly, like, sports school. Um, we, but our dance team was just really good. We all, we all wanted, yeah, we all knew what we were getting into. Most of us came from, like, a competition or convention background. Um, I was a competition kid, but I feel like I was more of a convention kid. I... Went to competitions, but, like, I couldn't bust out, like, 56 turns, and my, like, still did not go higher than 90 degrees. Um, like, over-tilts. Yeah. I think the most turns that I did was, like, two. And we didn't have any arms, which was scary. But 
arms in your turns? Yeah, we had them completely, well, for one dance, we had them, like, glued to our side. And... That's kind of hard, though. Yeah! I did, and it was a left turn, too, which was... Wow. Okay. Anyway, but, um, I went to Pulse, I went to Monsters, Codance, um... Did the whole convention thing for a while, and that's kind of where I learned my pickup skills. I have such a short attention span that I, and also, like, great memory, but, like, was terrible in school. Because <laughs> um, going to conventions, like, really helped me, like, stay focused in a way, because there was so much stimulation going everywhere. Yeah, that is so awesome that, like, you were able to have LA experiences. And I think that conventions really are so valuable. I never really did them growing up. I, I went to like a studio where we mostly did like ballet and like um, we didn't really do like competitions and stuff. I did go to another studio yeah. that did competitions sometimes, but conventions were never really part of my training. And I, looking back, I'm like kind of jealous of people who did that because <laughs> you get exposed to so many different teachers and so many different styles and like, yes, yeah, I, I, I think that was cool. the biggest takeaway. I'm also like, I'm so jealous of people that like, I don't want to say that I didn't get technique training because I feel like I'm a jazz kid at heart. Um, but I was, I was never the, like, I was never the one who was like, super technical so I always envied the girls and guys and everything in between that could um just do that and I, my body just wasn't made for that um I guess but I was always the kid that had potential and so I didn't want that's why I think I got into dance more was I had so many people tell me that I couldn't and I knew that I could but I think a lot of people I was a bigger kid and I, I mean I wasn't like not healthy I was healthy but I just you know also like to eat <laughs> and everyone's body is made differently and it's it sucks that it's so often like I think it's getting better now but you know especially when we were growing up even it's it was still very much like a dancer has to look a certain way and I feel like I think it's, it's been interesting. Yes. I was just about to say that. I think that people are starting to understand that, like, you know, not everyone is a size two. Just because you're this size does not mean that you're any less or anything that's, I think, I want to say in a negative way. Um, just because of your size, like, people can do anything they want to if they have enough, like, willpower and commitment um and yeah nothing or nobody should ever hold anyone back um let alone the opinion of like someone who's insignificant um I say that very lightly I mean more of a sense like if someone's telling you you can't like who are they to say that you can't like if I say I could then I can do that <laughs> I can do it if I want to do it exactly so when you were younger, did you think about going into dance professionally when you were, like, starting out or when you were, like, yeah, when I did think, you kind of start thinking about that? I think when I was, like, 10, I realized that, like, okay, this is, I don't want to have a plan B. 
I want I want this to be I want this to be my plan B and my plan A. Um, and I yeah never really looked back. I was very headstrong on the fact that people told me I couldn't do it, so I really wanted to do it. Um, I was bullied a lot. I always talk about this every time I like talk to someone. But I was bullied a lot in school, and it was, looking back now, I believe that it was because they were just jealous that, like, I didn't fit the normal beauty standards of whatever was hip and trending at the time. So, um, I, yeah, people just didn't like that I (laughs) didn't care in that sense, but, like, deep down, I cared so much. Um, And... I wasn't going to take no for an answer for an answer about being a dancer. Um, I had a math teacher once, like, I had to go to an assembly, and my math teacher was like, you know, dance isn't a real career. And I'm like, that's awesome, but also I do actually have to go to the assembly. So can you let me go? That's um, insane. How old were yeah. you? Um, I think I was, like, 14. Um, I think I was, I was, I remember it was in December, so I was a sophomore, and they said that, and... Yeah, at that point, you had already been kind of, like, going into L.A., like, when did yeah. you get signed? Because I know you got signed. So, yeah, I got, I got signed when I was 17. Um, the first time I auditioned for an agency, I auditioned for MSA, um, and I didn't get it, um, and I was really upset about it, but I went to the kids' audition, and that's why I didn't get signed. I think I looked a little bit older than a kid. Um, <laughs> but I then, that following year, um, I went to Tremaine, and I won the freestyle challenge um, for that city. I eventually became the first ever freestyler of the year for Tremaine. Um, that's also a fun fact. And I, so after that, I, we were in LA for Tremaine and, um, Shelly from MSA LA, she was like, are you coming to the audition on Thursday? And I wasn't planning on it, but I was like, yeah, I'm coming. And so I told my mom and she was just like, yeah, if you can, you can take the train up and. I was, uh, I was living alone in a way, so my dance teacher was my roommate. My mom was working in New York, so I had, I kind of lived on my own, um, for my junior and senior year of high school, and, um, yeah, just kind of got, I was already going, like, to and from L.A. on the weekends, um, and got myself there, and auditioned and I got an email later that night um and I went to both the technique call and the uh not technique call call. I'm like what what is it right Um, anyone who doesn't like is not in the dance industry if you watch this usually like for agency calls they'll either split it up by like theater or like commercial and and so that's kind of like there's a few different options of yeah yeah and I think now a little more I've been to since being signed I've helped out with a lot of MSAs um 
auditions for the agency, agency calls. Um, and I think that because the industry is also ever-changing, um, they are doing, I don't know about anyone else really for agency-wise, but I do think that MSA does a really good job at um, giving a combo that is not super musical theater or super commercial heavy. I think that there's a commercial technique mix. Uh, but also, like, in that same breath, there are auditions where it's, like, you have to walk. And if just off your walk, if you're, if that's not what they need, then see you next time. <laughs> like the, I'm so grateful that I got signed as a kid because I, because ah! <laughs> I don't, <laughs> I just dropped it. Um, I think that the industry is so cutthroat that I don't know if my confidence in that in that environment would shine through. I think that I might I say that now, but I, I think that Yeah. I feel like I might get like overwhelmed like even at auditions now. Like at those big open call agency auditions, like I think I went to an MSA one a few summers ago and it was it was insane the number of people who were there like yeah we had like a it was like a fire code that we had to like leave the yeah wait was that the one that miles yeah was, yeah that was, <laughs> the, was the last number and we had to learn i think you taught the audition yeah. we ran out of time and so he was we learned it in the holding room and yes. you and um triana you guys taught it and it was a really fun combo but that was a crazy audition and so that was the most people that they've ever had in an audition in msa history i don't know if i've been to an agency call since then because of that audition it was very stressful to say the least it was yeah it was a fire code and i think i think it was at a time where there wasn't really like a lot of agency auditions i feel like they're um with most agencies they do them like twice a year if not once a year and um i mean during this pandemic i don't think there's been any but um it's crazy i mean there's so many people moving to the city every day too that um you know there i think that a lot of people think that you need an agent to be successful in this industry which is not true it's definitely helpful for auditions but um, you do not need an agent to be successful. You, if you are so like, I want to say willpower, but if you commit to your art, like you're very, you are capable of anything and you don't need, um, uh, an agent to do that. Um, don't get me wrong. I'm very grateful for my agents, but I don't think that that is the end all be all. If you get signed or if you don't get signed, um, in New York and in LA, it's very helpful. Um, but even theater, like with equity calls, if you're not equity, like you're still waiting in line, you can have an agent all you want. But unless you have an audition or an audition time, then you're going to be waiting at, at six in the morning to be seen and still not maybe even be seen. And that has nothing to do with your agents. Um, I feel like though, because of this pandemic, 
I feel like that's gotta change the whole yeah. yeah especially with the theater world I mean like I went to the hairspray audition right before all of this happened and I got there at 6 a.m. I thought that that was pretty early for a 10 a.m. start to the audition <laughs> the people who were in line starting at 3 a.m. they slept out yeah. in March in New York on the streets 34th Street like just camped out yeah I <laughs> That's, I'm no. sure we all, we all got sick after that. Who knows if it was COVID or what? <laughs> that was like I feel like it has to change. This has to. We have to move forward from this. Like, there's got to be some sort of like app that's like Tinder for casting people. Even yeah, like Disney. Because like, <laughs> it is really crazy. Plus, it's like a huge waste of time, and and you know it affects people who. Like, you know, there are some people who don't have to have a day job and, and they're very blessed to be able to just, like, yeah. be in the city and they have a, a set amount of time or they have some help from parents and they can audition all they want. And, you know, but but that's not the majority of people that I know. People. So mm -hmm. it is, like, I really hope that something kind of comes. Uh, yeah. yeah. I don't believe that I will ever do that, but I think that there are so many other ways, like whether it's a self-tape or, um, yeah, I mean, like Disney World has like set times on when you're supposed to like show up, like it can just use the same software. <laughs> and, There's gotta be a better way. So if anyone out there watches, yeah, please make auditioning healthy. Company needs to get involved. I don't know. Like, yeah. there's probably money to be made. I don't know. Like, I it just has to be better. Let's make an app ourselves. We can, like, that would be Yeah. And, like, you swipe through and, like, choose your time and how to do it. And, yeah, wait, honestly, like, that's a great idea. We should do it. Don't, nope. No one take our idea. You heard it here first. Yeah. No. Actually, anyone who wants to help, don't, because we're going to figure it out ourselves. <laughs> so, would you rather cry 126 tears each time you saw a car, or would you rather bark like a dog every time you see a bus? Okay, well, I genuinely already cry, like... like a million tears a day I <laughs> I see the wind blow and I'm like that is just so great so I think I'd rather cry because I already do it and I'm used to it and honestly it's not that bad but 126 does not seem like that much so I would say that one where does one tear end and the other tear start when you're really crying you know it's just for me so yeah, no, honestly, same. My eyes just, like, stay wet. <laughs> I added silver, and it's ten times better, so... I think the metallic is the way to go. I think the metallic yes, is the way to go. I'm glad I learned that. I'm just going to paint this whole time, because I have a too much key. Yeah. With my hands. Okay. Would you rather have all soft and fluffy textures feel like sandpaper when you touch them, or be pooed on daily by a seagull. Ooh. Um. <laughs> I don't want to be pooed on. I think that like that's where I draw the line at poop. Um. Ooh. So I might have to go with the sandpaper, which makes me so sad because I love fluffy things. I mean, like even would feel like sandpaper. I think. 
I mean, I mean it kind of feels so, so wait so but if we're realistically realistically speaking would anything that's like sandpaper feel soft I don't think that's part of it uh okay I'll choose the sandpaper one just because I don't want to be pooed on okay last would you rather would you rather only be able to travel by means of a terrifying roller coaster or feel an eternal unquenchable thirst Ooh. Okay. Hmm. I really like roller coasters, but there are some roller coasters where I'm like, I can't do that. But like travel, like if I'm on the train and have to do this, like anytime you're traveling, you're like roller coastering or be thirsty. Yeah. Forever. Forever. Take the sip. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I would have to choose the roller coaster. I love roller coasters, and when I'm thirsty, like it's like game over. And I don't know if I want to be uncomfortable forever. You know, Six Flags is open. Six Flags has great has great um, roller coasters. Oh yeah, and you worked at Six Flags. I did. I was part of. Dead Man's Party, which I don't think they're doing this year because of COVID, but Dead Man's Party first cast that Teresa did. It was great. Such a good experience. Um, I think it was good for me to do it once and get that experience. Um, it was a little hard on my body for how cold it was, and I feel like that's like, oh, it was so cold, but it was really difficult in makeup and in our costume in really cold weather to do that. Um, I slipped off a step once and like dislocated or like popped my knee out during the show. So for the last show, I couldn't, I couldn't do the next show. Um, but it was the people that I met and like Austin, my roommate, he like, I met him during that show. Um, and it was a really great experience. I'm happy that I got to experience it with the cast that we had because we just got a lot closer and learned a lot about each other. And it was just, I don't know, it was a really nice experience that I got to be with them for as long as we did. Because I think that's what kept us all going through it. Um, yeah. It was great, and Teresa's awesome as well, and I've always wanted to, like, work with her. I love her as a person, so I'm happy that I got to work with her because, you know, she she's not easy, and I didn't want to disappoint her and at all. There was one day, <laughs> there was one day, she taught us Thriller, and it was, like, a modified version of Thriller, but all of us were just, like, not there like we could not pick up these steps and it was like the easiest out of all of the choreography but we were in this tent and it was just not working and she's like what's going on and we were like yo we can't tell you like i don't know like our brains were just fried and we only had a week to like learn everything so for it to i think it might have been two weeks but we had like it was just, it was so funny because she's real. She's not, she's not like, all right, y'all are killing it. She's, if we're not killing it, <laughs> yeah. And like, I love that. Even though she's like hard to, not, I don't even want to say hard to work with, but like, she's just a very like strong personality to like get it right. 
I like never want to disappoint her again, even though I don't think I disappointed her, but like never want to disappoint her. And it gave me this sense of professionalism on like throughout the rest of my jobs. Cause after I did that, I think I was in a habit prior to that show. I was in a habit of like, yeah, I'll get it. Like whatever. If I don't get it today, like I'll get it. And, um, you know, there wasn't time for that during the show. So I had to get it day of, and that pushed me through, like, my other jobs to, like, in audition, like, I get it right. Like, my mind needs to be in the choreography, focused on every single detail, and if it's not, it's not like I'm a bad person, but I feel like in my mind, that's, like, you're marking it. Like, if you're not focusing on it, um, but also, in that same breath, I think that choreography is a template in in the way that if I'm taking a class like I'm not going to dance like the choreographer because I'm not the choreographer I try to teach this all the time to my kids like I'm like do my steps but like I don't want to see me on you I want to see you doing my stuff how are you going to show me your stuff and I have tried to stay true to that for any type of job that I've done or any type of audition or any project or anything. Um, I can't be anyone else, even though I've tried for years to be other people, but, or follow the train of other people, but I want to be myself. If I don't get a job for being myself, then that's, then that was just not the job for me. That was just wasn't the project for me or, um, the show. So I, think that choreography is a template but also it's important to follow details like if someone says your right foot goes here that they're saying it for a reason so <laughs> so important like and I think it's something that you really show and live by and it's so clear that you believe and have done the work to really believe in being yourself be true to yourself and like stand up for yourself in, in a situation where if someone's trying to make you something that you're not, it's not for you. And like, I feel like you're so positive about that. And I really appreciate that because it is, it's hard to stand against that sometimes in this industry because you feel, yeah. you know, you don't want to push it too hard. You might not get something you might, but I don't know. You're such a great example that like being yourself really does pay off and also taking the time to get to know yourself and, you know, really learn what you like and who you are as a person really helps you be successful in this industry. Absolutely. I think I say this all the time, but you're a human first, an artist second, and a dancer third. Um, I heard that quote from Mia Michaels when she, on season one of So You Think You Can Dance, and I was like, you know, like, that's some facts. Um... I, I don't want to say that I have, like, my whole life figured out now. I, excuse me, I keep trying to burp. Uh, uh, I don't want to say that I have my whole life figured out now because I'm definitely still learning the human side of me on an artist level. I want to be known as Becca, but I want to also be known as adaptable. I have definitely told people, like, I can't do something or, like, I won't do something because it just didn't make me feel comfortable. When I did Isn't It Romantic, I was originally in a dress, and 
I was like, they had this the outfit that I wore for the video for the movie. I like I thought that was gonna be the outfit that they put me in. It like I had the jewelry, I had the eyes, like I had all of it. And they put me in a dress and I was like this this isn't it. And so day of filming, I like went up to the costume and I'm like Listen, I hate to be that girl, but like I, I, I'm not myself in this. Like I just I, I don't want to say that I I don't want to be difficult, but the blue outfit that we had I felt was so much more me, and like I can give the, everything through that outfit. And they're like, all right, um, well, what's other other people wearing? And I'm like, I'd be the only one in blue. I wouldn't match with anyone. If that's another constellation, she was like, okay, we could do that. And whatever's going to make you comfortable. And I was like, that, that, was the first time, that was the first time that I was on a SAG job as well. And I think with SAG jobs and non-union jobs, they're a little different in, like, the respect level a little bit. Um, SAG jobs, you're the reason, like, the talent, as much as they're... Like, like, even though there's actors, like, the talent makes the vision. Yeah. So, so I think they... As, like, principal roles, not, like, as, like, dancer extras. Like... Yeah. Like, so... That's where you get, like... You get to, like, eat with the actors, and, like, you get this... Yeah. Like, the extras are, like, on the side, and you're, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, we, we were separated from, like, the background extras, and it was weird, because... But also, I was, like, well... I mean, we are, like, dancing a hundred times for one 30-second take. So, like, not, like, don't sit with us, but it was nice that we were prioritized because they knew that they're not going to get their best work if we're not treated well. And that's that so great of you. That is so great of you to say something. I would, I would be terrified to say something. No, I, I was terrified. I was like, oh, my God, they're going to fire me and first day too like i had a i had a full-on like panic attack in my uber because our call was 5 a.m and i left my house at 3 30 to make sure that i got there early i ended up still getting there early but i um was stuck in traffic for 25 minutes like completely stopped and it was because construction cut off in new york like a whole road like a whole freeway to not get there I'm, like, calling my mom, like, at 3 in the morning, like, yelling at her, like, what do I do? They're going to fire me from the job. Like, I, this is my first, like, big job, and they're going to, like, get rid of me. She's like, Rebecca, you've already bought, like, you've already got the job. Like, they're not going to fire you. I'm like, they're going to think I'm so unprofessional. And, like, you were the first person there, and, like, people showed up late. And You're always so early for every every job that I've ever seen. <laughs> Because I don't want to be, I've, I've always learned that, like, if you're 15 minutes early, you're on time. Like, always. Like, so I want to be 30 minutes early so that I can, like, get my life together. I don't have to worry about not being there. Like, even to the airport, I'm, like, an hour and two hours, like, early. Because I'd rather, like, chill. I, I don't know. I'm terrified of being late. Like, I, I hate it. I don't even want to think about it. It makes me so, like, I'm, my neck is sweating. <laughs> Well, we can move on to, I wanted to talk about, I mean, we've kind of talked a little bit about just, like, you as a person, but I wanted to ask you, what are some of your other passions outside of dance? Because I know that you've done a lot of work and just really, like, finding yourself and centering yourself, so I was 
love to hear if there are some things that you've found that really have, you know, like sparked another creative interest in, in your life. Uh, I, like, I've, I've tried, tried a lot of crafts. I've, I've tried so many things. I am artistically challenged, I think, in a way. I enjoy editing. I enjoy, like, filming things and directing a lot. I think money comes into play there when it's like, oh, um... I want my vision to be good. Like, that's also, I have had put, do a concept video on my new, new Year's resolutions for five years now. But I don't want to do, I don't want to do a video if I can't afford it to be good, you know? I want it to be, yeah, I want, like, that's not to, like, diss anyone who's, like, putting their work out there. I just, I want to be able to pay every single person that's involved. I want to pay my dancers well. I want it to be like a job. I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be like, do this for me. Cause I feel like my choreography is very collaborative. Like I said before, even though I'm the one choreographing it, it's very much determined on how the dancers are feeling that day. If they're going to give them all because of what they had for breakfast or if someone's feeling mad about something, I can't ask them to be this happy-go-lucky person if they're not feeling it because, you know, you're a human first. And that affects people on so many levels than just, like, art. Um, and so when I'm choreographing or when I'm working, I always want to, like, include it with the person or the people that I'm with because once I give it to them, it's not mine anymore. They're the ones performing it. They're the ones executing it. Um, they're the ones that are essentially making the vision, but because they play such a vital role in it, I want them to give their human side of it so that they are themselves. During quarantine, I have, like, really stopped dancing, like, uh, which is really sad. I feel like I needed, I just needed a break for a while. Um, I didn't have a break I think in, since I was 16 <laughs> so just kind of been go 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 and even before quarantine I was I was on a job and we like flew back from that job because of quarantine uh, but I, was, I was supposed to be I was supposed to be somewhere for a month and um then you know then I came back and here we are six months later but um oops, my camera moved but <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah I, I um, thought I was like, you know, I'm never going to get this break again. So during quarantine, I was in Florida with Megan and we, you know, we worked out a lot, but I, I like get toned and like have a whole body transformation. I actually also did eat Taco Bell every single day. So, um, but I tried to do a lot of crafts. I just, uh, I'm not good at it. I, I'm so bad at crafts. No, that's okay. You you have so many other ways of being creative. I think also just like it's so important to to take a break sometimes because especially in New York, it's very much like ah, if you're not doing something all the time, you're failing. And I feel that myself. Like I I feel stressed about you know dance and like losing my stamina, and it's been really hard. And I think it hits people differently. And like if you're the type of person who needs to like take 
100 classes to feel okay, then, like, that's okay. But it's also yeah. not necessary. I think sometimes the best dancers that I know, they do take breaks and they, you know, sit with themselves and they listen to their body. Yeah. And they do I'm, what they need to do. And if that's eating Taco Bell, then that's maybe what you need to do. <laughs> I definitely focused a lot more on my mental health during this quarantine. Um, I have, like, talked to a psychiatrist because, you know, I haven't been able to, like, I don't want to talk to a therapist um, through a camera. I would so much rather be in person, especially, like, you know, unlocking trauma in my life. So I don't want to do that. But the psychiatrist that I have is, like, very helpful and, like, really listens to what I am feeling mood-wise um, and, like, the chemical balance in my head. And I thought for so long I was just, like, crazy which I don't want to use like ableist language but like I did I felt that and once I like talked to someone and they were like yo like no you have like something wrong and that's okay I have tried to encourage especially during quarantine like everyone and anyone to just you know listen to what your mind and your body is telling you because it's like talking for a reason um I think I've been a lot more involved in like politically what's been going on recently um i tried to ignore politics for a really long time because i don't it made me so angry but now i'm so angry that i want to just talk about it all the time because yeah i just i think that it's so odd to me and especially being like a gay woman i still like even on the train like Megan and I will still get people like talking about us like to our face telling us what we're what our lifestyle is is wrong and I'm like what you were just sad and like that's fine be sad but don't take out your insecurities on me because I'm not the one <laughs> but I have been very passionate um especially in the recent months for obvious reasons. Um, if I haven't said it yet, Black Lives fucking matter. <laughs> um, vote, because that's important. Um, Check your registration. Make sure you Check your registration. Make you know uh, where you're going to vote, where you're going to vote, if you're doing it early. Late. <laughs> going in person. Yeah. Make a plan. There's a ton of great websites. I can actually put in the... Yeah, please. Description. There's a great website um, where you can like check everything that's on your ballot, and it will literally say, "Here it is. Here's the people on the ballot. Click on them. These are what they believe in. This is the stuff." With you to where you want to go, so you don't mess up. It is like so important right now. <laughs> it's. I think this is the most important election to. Uh, in my opinion, I've only been I've only been able to vote for two elections. Um, I turned 18 right after the one that we had in 2012. Um, but I I cannot express how much that voting this election is so important. And I know a lot of people um, our age have didn't didn't even vote, and it was because they. It's not that they didn't want their, they didn't think they had a voice. It's just, you know, I don't want to choose between the two. But when you don't choose, it's, you know, these aren't the best two options. 
but there's a better one in my opinion. There's a clear better one in my opinion. Um, and I, I think that for the sake of many lives, that doesn't include my own because I, I'm a very privileged individual. But I, there are many lives at stake for mental health reasons, for women, for LGBTQ plus people, um, for everyone in between. Whether you think that your voice matters or not, I promise you it does. So please vote. <laughs> uh, and I don't want to say vote for the right person, but vote. Yep. Uh, I I think that that is very important and. Um, I'm not gonna sit here and be the token white person or speaking off of black lives because that's not my position, nor do I know everything and anything. Um, I, the only thing that I know is my opinion. And I, on an ethics standpoint, I think it's pretty simple. You know, I think it's pretty simple that if you're a human, you treat humans how humans deserve to be treated. And that's that on that it's so necessary and and I don't find it as common that dancers we kind of sometimes get stuck in like thinking only about dance and focusing only about dance and all the steps and the outfits and the what we have to do and what haircut should I get and and like how are you supposed to make art if you don't know about the world that's absolutely my my thing and so I think that this time of us having to take a step back from the industry I hope people are doing the research and doing the work and I think that that is so awesome that that's something that you've been really passionate about during this time. Megan and I have been really um, passionate about the Loveland Foundation which is providing therapy and mental health support to um, black women and children so we've actually we haven't announced it yet but we've been making friendship bracelets and we'll be selling those soon Um, so stay tuned but all the money that we make from that will be donated. Every single penny. So support. <laughs> and um, they're cute. And I like them. So I think other people like them. But um, yeah, vote and <laughs> do that. <laughs> it's really important. If you haven't watched before, I have these questions that are loosely color-coded from the internet. Some of them are a little more deep, some of them are a little funny. I'm gonna randomly pick one of each color. Um, and then if you wanna pass any of the questions, that's fine. But I just like to get to know people. I mean, obviously I know you pretty well because we're friends yeah. in, in real life. We actually life. did a show together, fun fact. But yeah, so if you don't wanna answer them, I don't think any of them are really too crazy, but. I'm not an open book, I love questions. Okay, awesome. <laughs> So, this first one's really easy. <laughs> Describe what your crush looks like. <laughs> okay. Um, Megan. <laughs> Megan Lee Michaelgar. Megan Lee G. Michaelgar. Um, she is my soulmate and everything in between. Um, yeah, she is a great human being. I'm looking at her photograph right now inside. Um, she's a great human being. I'm so lucky that I got to meet her. <laughs> we met at a rehearsal. And it was, like, one of those, like, 80s movies type of thing where, like, the lights dimmed and it was, like, just her in the spotlight. But um, I went up to her and she had what I thought was an 11 tattooed on her. And I recently got 11 tattooed on me at the time. And I was like, oh, my gosh, is that an 11? And she's like, no, it's an equal sign. And I'm like, 
she was like, I'm gay. And I'm like, oh, huh. um, cool, see you later. Because <laughs> I never, I never, she's been, she's my first relationship, so I never, like, dated anyone before and, like, have never pursued women because I was fresh out of the closet. Um, but, yeah, and I was so, like, <laughs> head over heels so fast. Um, but I didn't want her to know that, so I, like, tried to play it cool and, like, hard to get. Um, but that wasn't very successful. She was just like, no, I knew. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Love is so great. <laughs> okay, the next one's actually kind of easy, too. What food do you crave more than any other? Ooh, um, sushi. I, I could eat sushi every single day. When you were little, what did you want to be? I wanted to be a movie star. Like, I wanted to be... Actually, that's not true. I wanted to be Amanda Bynes. And I wanted to have, I mean, I still do. I want to have my own show. I want to, like, have a skit show that, like, is just stupid and funny and, like, not, doesn't make any sense, but, like, is funny. <laughs> I wanted to, but also, I also wanted to be a professional dancer. But I definitely wanted to be an actress. I was, have always been kind of a ball and... Last question before our final big question of the show. If you had to make an alias, what would it be? Like, a personality? A spy or something. You had to, like, be, I mean, you kind of have a lot of characters that you just naturally do. <laughs> I, yeah, honestly, you're right. Um, I think that... Ooh, I feel like maybe I'd be, like, like a bowling owner. Like a bowling alley owner. Oh, I can see I yeah, I used to be. I used to be. <laughs> I used to be a competitive bowler. In fact, um, yeah. When I was nine years old, I was on a bowling team, and I got the highest score in my league. I was fifteen points shy of a perfect score. It was also with bumpers, but like we leave that detail out. That's amazing. Okay, and our final final question of the day: What brings out your most creative self? I think that it depends. I think that I. I think it definitely depends on my mood, but I think that my most creative self is, like, being my most authentic self. Um, so, do you have anything you would like to plug? Um, where can people find you? I have your Instagram on the screen here, but you can say it out loud for the audio listeners. Um, um my Instagram is it's Bex Robinson. It's and it's and then Bex B E X Robinson. My website is BexRobinson.com. Um, I'm teaching at two studios. Um, if anyone has kids or um, ages or even adults, um, in upstate New York, I teach at uh, Dance to the Point. Um, their new studio that has just re recently opened up in Wappinger Falls. Um, I also teach at Artistry Dance Projects. Um, the studios are great, great vibe. I love all my students. Um, if you need to donate to somewhere, Loveland Foundation is fantastic. Also Glitz, um, as well. When Megan and I start selling our friendship bracelets, they'll be like $5, so like... Yeah, I already said I need to have Megan as a guest too, so maybe when you guys are ready to, to launch that, she can be a guest. 
Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you, Vicky. I had the best time. Okay, well, thank you so much for being a guest. The audio version of this show will go live on Tuesday, I believe. Um, And then there'll be another live show Wednesday. Um, And then there's also many episodes um, that are just on the podcast. So make sure you subscribe to Dancers Doing Stuff on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, And I'm going to be starting The Artist's Way. I was about to pull the book, but it's in my room. Um, Starting in October, I'm going to be going through The Artist's Way book. It's like a 12-week kind of program that you can do just to get the book. Um, And I'm going to be talking about it every Sunday um, for 12 weeks. Just a little short mini episode. So if anyone's interested doing it with me, getting our creativity on... Um, you can join the Facebook group for dancers doing stuff. All of this will be in the description once I edit it. All right, bye everyone. Bye.